Welcome to the Insurance Dudes Podcast. In this week's episode, co-host and dude Jason Feldman talked me into the hot seat and grilled me on the ups and downs of agency ownership, hiring woes, and how we work to sell our perceived commodity differently and better. This is Insurance Dudes, and we're pumped you're here. Do it, brother. Craig, how you doing, yeah. man? Great. Always good. <laughs> awesome. Hey, um, I've got to know you a little bit over the last year. Uh, who's Craig? Who is Craig Pretzinger? Oh, no. Such a, such a complex. <laughs> Where did you come from? How far do I go back? Started? Huh? Um, what brought you into, let's start with uh, what, what brought you into uh, insurance? Uh, well, before, the, before insurance, I was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. Okay. So I, I wore a suit. The beginning of my career was in Tucson, no air conditioning in an old prelude, wearing the same suit every day and convincing people to move a quarter million dollars over. So what was really interesting and a great learning experience from making 500 to 1,000 cold calls a day for uh, a wirehouse was having to learn – really, really intense and specific products, but then how to market to a very, very, very limited audience, right? Yeah. I mean, you're cold calling 900 people out of the 900 people in a day. I mean, maybe one of them even qualifies, right? Because it's not, right. not like what we're doing where our, you know, us or LSPs are calling and everybody for the most part can buy our product. Right. right? And if not, then, you know, there's other things or, you know, places to send them or whatever. But, but for the most sure. part, everybody has to have our product right? right there. Almost nobody qualified for the product and the, the production requirements were tremendous. Like we had to do, I think it was, I can't remember the exact numbers, but like in two years we had to bring in 15 million in assets or you're fired. How got you into that? <sighs> that's a really, that's a funny question because before, like my dad was in that business for a very long time okay. not here in Tucson and not with Merrill Lynch. So no relation. And I always told him and I was around it. There's no way I'm doing that. I don't want to wear a suit. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to, I, I can't, I can't, I, imagine I don't want to work from five in the morning until nine at night. Like all of these, all of the things that I said I will never do, I ended up doing. And <laughs> it was actually pretty cool because then you know, my dad and I have always had a great relationship, same with my mom, but um, it, it was another thing to, you know, connect on. So and what, how old were you? That was 2003. So 2003. Now what year? Now what year? How old were you? <laughs> late 20s. Nice. Late 20s. <laughs> late 20s, maybe early 30s. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of a family. I'm 46. I mean, I'm not going to hide my age. <laughs> I know I, I look 80, you. but I'm only 46. But this is what happens <laughs> when you do insurance. When you've, when you've had as many as 12 LSPs or as few as one, um, you age. <laughs> the ups and downs, right? It happens. It does happen. <laughs> Sometimes you have to reboot. I think we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're at Merrill Lynch. Mm -hmm. killing it making a billion phone calls on a rotary dial phone killing the activity for <laughs> yeah. sure 
<laughs> so how did you get into insurance? Yeah. Oh, no. no, it was it was operator. Give me six one three. Yeah. So 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 you're crushing it, Merrill Lynch. Um, what got you into Allstate? This person who who uh, left Merrill Lynch purchased an Allstate, and and he started doing really well. And I was still at Merrill, uh, and just got the introduction to somebody who was selling their agency um, first in not to go too far down in the weeds, but I first looked at one in Texas and we got pretty uh-huh. far along. Like we'd, we'd actually put a down payment on a house. Wow. We were going to move to Texas, but um, you know, just, well, whatever. It, it's a great place, but um, it, 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 the deal fell apart at the last minute and, and, you know, I was younger and a lot more volatile. So it, it hit me pretty hard, but, but we, you know, obviously survived, learned from it and uh, have gone on to, and then we found the one here in town, which, which actually worked out better because we didn't have to move. We didn't have to uproot the family and we, we know and love Tucson. So it worked out great. So then, um, so how many years, how many years has it been? Until 2000 and 2000 and well, 2007 and in between Merrill and, and the Allstate, because this thing got kind of drawn out. I was looking at, looking at this thing and I actually left Merrill with the intent to move to Texas. And, and then it unwound and then no job, then holy shit, what am I going to do? And um, I got a call. I mean, you know, just kind of happened. I got a call out of the blue from somebody you know, that found my resume on Monster and said, oh, I see you've been at Merrill. You want to come and run this bank program for as a financial advisor? And I thought, well, okay, sure. You know, so we went, talked about it. The numbers worked out. And so I did that for until 2008 when I bought the agency. But I mean, that was sort of the placeholder. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, like, you have the wirehouses and then you have us, the, the insurance guys that are doing um, securities, but at a pretty limited way right. versus what we were doing at, at Merrill, like we were doing some really crazy stuff. I mean, there were people doing CMOs. Everybody remembers that's what wrecked the economy, right? right? Yeah. And so there were people selling, like the guy in the cube next to me was, he was a believer in those CMOs. He's like, oh, these are the best. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't want to mess with that. Right. I'm sticking to the program. But, um, <laughs> But at this at at the bank, it, it's like this weird middle niche because banks have to keep like they what do banks do? They borrow money from consumers so they can loan it out, right? In the form of deposits. Right. So what was interesting at this situation, they were just trying to figure this all out and it ended up not working out for them. But they wanted to have the money that you get from having a broker dealer, but at the same time they're competing with the bank that you're sitting in because every deposit, like let's say there's a hundred thousand dollar deposit account at the bank mm-hmm. you're gonna, and, and I'm talking to them to put them in a variable annuity or whatever. Right. Right. If we move that off the bank's balance sheet, it affects exactly. their deposit base. Right. And so this was this giant, it was this giant adversarial relationship. I mean, it was a great place and, and really cool people, but, yeah, the bank model is, I can see why agents or advisors struggle in the bank business. I don't know if it's the same now. It could be different. They may have figured all right. that out, but um, that was unique. But at the same time, when it was sort of 
going nuts and then the the crash happened i remember late 2008 is when the market went down i don't know what was it 800 in a day or 1500 it was a, it was a ton the dow went way down right or 5000 yeah. I, I don't even remember i don't remember the, the market was it was i think it was at 13 or 10 i i can't remember but um but that like shortly after that day this the agency that i now own the guy said hey I, i'm selling we need to move quick. And I'm like, I'm ready to move quick. Let's do it. And so, because I'd been looking That's at awesome. the numbers and I knew that I was familiar with the, at that, at that point in time, it was called the CSRPs. So the CSRP, there were um, a few different report list sixties and, and all those, all those reports that now they've changed names. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, a word from our sponsor agency vault, and then we will dive back into the first year. Insurance Dudes podcast is sponsored by Agency Vault, an industry leader in agency coaching, hiring, and sales training. Agency Vault's unique connection between the hiring process and the sales training process has helped thousands of insurance sales producers and agents gain confidence and strengthen their abilities to sell more policies. Let's jump back in to year one. What was your first year like? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> How so? So, so uh, let me tell you. So, so I bought it um, without getting too far into the weeds on numbers. <laughs> the, the, the agency was losing 90000 in premium a month. Wow. Wow. So I inherited a staff that a staff that didn't respect or really care. Um, How many people? uh, There were four, four in one office, and it was four and four, and and it didn't last. Like I, I had to almost flip the whole thing over. A couple of the really long term ones stayed, and now none of them are here. But you know, that, that was, there was that whole ramp up because what I learned was, man, it doesn't matter how good of a sales guy you are over here. If you don't know how to manage the people, you are done. You're in deep doo-doo, right? Yeah. If you yeah. don't create buy-in, um, like we, we do this thing over with, um, with some workshops we do with some of our coaching and, mm-hmm. and we always ask, it's kind of a trick question. Who's your number one and who's your number two client? And everybody's like, well, it's the highest household or, you know, all these different things. And it's like, no, it's, it's these guys. Yeah. They're your number one and your number two client. Because if you can't, if you can't get your staff to buy in, then you're not getting any prospects to buy in. You're not getting anybody to buy in. Yeah. And it took That's me a true. long time of banging my head against the wall to figure <laughs> that out. Um, and that, I know we've, that led to probably, you know, there were some successes along the way, some inner circles and, and, uh, and, and honor ring and all that, but you know, that led to, I don't know, the ups and downs at that point uh, led to a lot of drinking and the drinking can, you know, become a slippery slope. So I, I no longer before? drink. Huh? But did you, was, yeah, was you know, or, yeah. or, or during yeah. the whole time? There was a lot of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of drinking. Too much. 
I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, that that's yeah. sales. You know, a lot of the people who can be most successful in this in a sales environment where you have to where you you have to be able to go 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 and be able to handle the ups and downs. That's what happens. You know, so at least that's what happened in, with me, and I see it a lot. And were you selling at that time? Oh yeah. In the yeah, agency? I was yeah. Are you now? No. No. <laughs> I haven't this this year. I know we're only two months in. I did uh-huh. one home quote and and sold it. It just everybody was busy and I thought, this will be great. I'll just do it. And no. <laughs> no. I should not be doing that. Because now they now this person, they only want to talk to me. And it's right. hard to it's hard to create um, that manage that expectation with somebody. If they come in and they talk to you, they want to talk to you. Right. Yeah. And I and I did I laid down a lot of those expectations and set the boundaries and they're still calling and they have to talk to me. And this is, yeah. so it's just, ah. that's, funny. but I love selling. That's the thing. I, I, I love selling. And that, that's why the other businesses, because then I'm, I'm able to sell, but, but not have to get down into the, into the weeds with a lot of the details and keep it more high love- level. You love training your staff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you're selling them. Yes. And that's why for, for me and for, I think, um, agency owners that are, you know, above that, it really depends on debt. But, but once you have some cash flow and you can step back and you don't have to be part of the growth, then that's how you leverage your time, right? You leverage your yeah. love of sales by by coaching your team and making them more successful. Because if, if we're like, I can sell a renter's policy. I mean, I can sell that home. I sold that home, but I probably spent three hours on it. And what did we make? You know, we, we made 50 bucks for the year. So was that worth the three hours? Am I worth 15 bucks an hour? I I sure as hell hope not. I mean, I get on coaching (laughs) calls and do it for 500 bucks an hour. So, right. You know, why, why spend three hours for 50 when I can help somebody and they're going to get back that return too? like if somebody spends 500 bucks, they're going to get 500 bucks worth, right? I go all out. Um, And if they don't, then fine. Here's your money back. Yeah. So you, when did you stop drinking? Uh, Four years ago. I don't know the exact date, but it was late February, four years ago. That's cool, man. Yeah. Change it change the game, man. Change yeah. the focus. That's you know, awesome. instead of being focused on on chasing the buzz or chasing the celebration, now it's it's on chasing the activity. Because yeah. For me, it was it was about okay, I'm gonna focus on the results, party because of those results. I, I deserve these results. Or if it's bad, right, then it's yeah. Shit, shit's terrible. Oh, I better get hammered. So it just wasn't productive for right. me. I, mean, I was still able to win and, and do stuff, but not at this level. Definitely right. Not at this level and not with, you know, a podcast and family businesses and family, a 18 yeah. year old daughter I was lamenting with you about. I mean, so there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot going on and those teenagers really bang you up. Um, oh, ready. I'm uh, terrified terrified be terrified i got i got some years though yeah 
You do. Um, so, so you got Agency Vault. When did you put that together? Two. I think we soft launched December of 2016. Cool. The, the official and, and launch was February of 2017. What brought it together? Well, how did that, how did that form? The pain. So, <laughs> so I, I, there's a lot of pain involved in, in, in doing this, whether you're an independent, whether you're an all state, whether you're farmers, it's that, that ramp up and that learning curve, right? To yeah. where for the light bulb to go on that these people out here are the most important and how to do that, how to find them, um, to, to train them so that they can sell like you can to make, you know, to create leverage because I create leverage with my time. If I have five LSPs that can write 30,000 plus a month, right? Mm-hmm. Huge leverage because I could do it myself and maybe there's less headaches, but in right. the long run, there's likely more headaches. And, and then I have a job. Sure. Like, I don't want a job. I want to be a business owner. And, and you use a business to create leverage. I talk about my, 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 one of my business mentors and my business partner, Neil Tricarico. Mm-hmm. He works with Tony. Um, and most people have heard of Tony Robbins, but he helped Tony build business mastery. So, and I don't say that to make some special thing. It's just because it's part of the story. Um, and it's cool. And it, it is pretty cool. I got <laughs> to meet him. I'm good to shake hands with him. But, um, but like the, in losing 90,000 a month and going down this road where like to stop the momentum of 90,000 of premium going out the door every month, it's not like you just hit the button and it stops. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crap going on that makes that happen, which, you know, may have been overlooked in the excitement and need to purchase the agency, Mm -hmm. but it is what it is. Right. So valuable learning experience in that pain uh, I was a, I reached out to, to Neil because he's a, he's one of my longest best friends. We went to kindergarten together. So we've known each other forever. And I knew that he'd been traveling all over the world basically. And had just got back from Fiji from Tony's uh, Tony has a resort in Fiji. He just got back. He was all pumped. And this was pre Facebook, I think, or at least right when it was starting. So I called him and I just said, Hey, we need to, we, we go on this guy's trip where we go uh, to this cabin. There's like six of us from college. We do it every year. And I said, Hey, when on this trip, we need to talk about my business because I know that this is what you do. And I know that I can't keep going the way that I'm going because I'm going to either drink myself to death or, or lose the business yeah. or both. Right. And so, yeah. so we sat down and, and we built, we built the plan. We created the GPS. Um, I think that's one of the easiest ways to, for people to, to understand. It's like, look, you may know you want inner circle. And I know like you've been super successful, right? With you're, you're in the top 10. What was it? The number 10 for best in company. Yeah. <laughs> Got to bring that up. So, um, but without that GPS, without knowing where do we need to go? Not just, I want inner circle, but specifically, how do I get to inner circle? Like I just, you know, a lot of people just hope that they'll get results by working hard. But if you don't have that goal, like if you don't have, if you haven't programmed the coordinates in the GPS, you're not getting there. You can't just drive around and and show up at inner circle. 
So, so it's, it's a, and, and there also, there, there is some luck, right? A, a lot of things have to work perfectly for that to happen, but yes. it starts with having the right people and having the right processes in right. place so that you can train those people and hold them accountable to their activity. Everything has to be measurable. Everything has to be measurable. If, if and, and that's what strikes me as I talk, like I've talked with thousands of agents over the last couple of years because of agency vault. And one mm-hmm. of the things that agents and LSPs, but one of, one of the things that, that I, that always seems to surprise me, even though I shouldn't be surprised anymore is, is when I say, how many items do you have to write this year net of retention to hit inner circle? I don't know. And it seems like that's the first thing that you should be asking when you purchase or start an agency, right? right. What, what are my coordinates for my GPS? Right. Like a, a, any sales job, the first thing, like you've had sales jobs, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you ask the, the sales manager? How do I max my pay plan? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, not, well, I'm going to work my ass off yeah. and hopefully, hopefully these are my goals. I, and how do I get there? Right. Yeah. yeah. What are my goals? Great. Now let me build the strategy. Cause if you build the strategy and then you execute on the strategy, you're going to, you're going to get results. They may yeah. not be the results that you want to get because you're going to set benchmarks and say, okay, here's our goal. Here's what we have to do. And then you're going to adjust if it doesn't work. Right. Like if you're buying internet leads and they're not working, well, is it the leads or is it the process behind the leads? Right. Everybody blames the leads, right? Exactly. But every lead is a phone number and a name. So how is this lead different than that lead? They're, they're all the same. Right. Yeah. Somebody, all about somebody will crucify me for saying that, but, but it, it's, you know, they're shooting well, the messenger. I mean, if somebody's walking down the street or they're filling out a form online, what's the difference? I mean, it's just different avenues you can't say that one is less valuable if you are talking to somebody, however it takes to get to that person. Doesn't yeah. matter. If, if I guess you could argue a lead is no good if there's no way to get a hold of them. So if it was just a name, then that's yeah. a shitty lead. Yeah. But if it's a name and an accurate phone number and that person picks up the phone, then it is, it is our or LSP's responsibility to make that person understand why they need our solution. Yep. Right. Cause sales is all about need. If you can't figure out what they need and then deliver that, then it is all about price. Right. I know you've heard it. You've, you've yeah. heard the LSP say she was price driven. Yeah. Hell yeah. She was, who isn't? That's what they're, right. they're trained. They're, they're trained to be price driven. Of course they, they are. They would be insane if they weren't. In if the absence come, of value, price is a concern. Just you got to build the value. Right. People buy Mercedes. you can't Mercedes. build the value till you know what they, till they tell you what they need. Right? So right. you have to elicit from them. You have to break down all the barriers and walls and all the reasons why they don't want to talk to you in the first place. But then when you get past that and you have some trust and they're like, well, this guy's okay. And I love how your team calls leads right that yeah hey hey it's jason yep and they're like what <laughs> yeah you know it's jason we talked last month you know so yep. you keep but you create that 
oh, this guy's okay, right? Like they, if you can get them to say this person's okay or this person, I want to talk to them for at least 10 more seconds, right? right? Now you got your foot in the door. Yeah, you have to right? sell, them, sell them on the phone call to begin with. Right. Yeah. Like in, in dating, you don't just meet the other person and start kissing them, right? <laughs> it, it's, there's, there's some stuff that leads up to that. And so- Depending on which website you go to, I guess, right? Right, right, of course. <laughs> But, but there's, but, but there's, you know, with anything, there's, there's this buildup. And right. so unfortunately when we call a lead, yeah, there may be a lot less time, especially if it's aged or um, not real time, or we're not the first call on a real time, then there's a lot of obstacles, right? And yeah, they're mm-hmm. likely pissed, but you got to break through it. They're pissed. I'd be pissed too. If I just got 10 phone calls. Yeah. I mean, send a voicemail, send a voicemail, send a, why did you call five times? Then I answer. And then if it's India, I freaking, right. But if, (laughs) but if it's somebody that, that is halfway nice, I'm too nice. Like I don't hang up on them. Right. And that's most people. We're all humans, right? If, If they can appeal to our emotion and make us like them or make, we can make them like us. Then, yep. you know, then, then we're onto something. And I think that's, what's beautiful about your approach. So would you say that the hardest thing that you've had in the last 10 years with your agency has been hiring people and training them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And training, training them to think like you. With well, those- I, I, I don't necessarily encourage group think. I want everybody to be able to think for themselves. So so we do want to train them on a specific process, but mm-hmm. those processes can always be tweaked, right? And they don't sure. necessarily continue to work forever. You know, in these groups, we see all this different ideas and everything. But one thing that comes up a lot is, is that, that notion of, hey, look, it, it's, or even if you talk like Russell Brunson or, you know, some of these internet guys, it's test, 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 right? Yeah. And it, same thing with, with these processes, like you may have an, airtight automation on the back end that sends out approved text messages, but you know, some, some kind of airtight system that goes, that goes, that you go through and and this, this fourth message is pulling, you know, all month and, and like, wow, they're responding to this and you know that, okay, this is when we need to call them. But then the next month, like, it doesn't matter. They're like, they hit stop every time they get to that fourth message. And it just, it's like, okay, well then we got to tweak it. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. There, there wasn't the, I mean, what were you guys doing 10 years ago? Right. Before. Oh man. It know, was a the CRM wild, wild West. Or... It was, it was, it was rotary. <laughs> no, but it was the, it was call, you know, it was like, here's the audit, here's the list, you know, cross out, highlight, do whatever technique. And, and again, like everybody had their own, like, I, I'm not such a Mike, I'm, I'm the opposite of a micromanager. So, so I, I believe that they should be like me and that they should have some sort of, you know, drive and, and mm-hmm. ability to think for themselves. Doesn't always happen. And that's okay. Um, because, and that's why, you know, I'm here to coach them. I'm here to help them. Um, right. But like with, with that, like everybody, I, I wouldn't go, you have to do it with a blue one and you have to do it with a red one. And if they're not, right. it's like, look, here's the list, whatever way you need to do to manage it, given the resources that we have to, to manage stuff. And at that time there wasn't even e-agent. It was just 
Freaking lists, <laughs> printed out lists from a dot matrix printer that you, <laughs> not dot matrix, but, but yeah, you know, they, they do whatever. And I'd say, look, you don't have to, there's no specific best way. It's just, you have to make the calls. If you don't yeah. make the calls, I don't care what all this, your legend says and, and you know, what your thing is. If you don't just pick up the phone, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause no, it's you, true. you, I, I'm sure you've seen that a lot. And I feel like I'm talking way too much, but no, it's all good. It's all right. good man. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> so, so, and I'm sure you've had this and you've seen it and, and maybe you even done it. Cause I know I did it. I did it at Merrill. Um, and I remember one of the older guys saying, dude, just pick up the phone. What are you doing? Like, right. you know, you come in and okay, today I'm going to do it today. I'm going to, I just need to get organized. So I need to check. And, and, you know, I mean, I hear it like, Oh, I had to check on gateway to make sure they didn't know you don't just call them. I don't care. Right. Yeah. You'll get good and learn from, from figuring out how to tap dance out of that uncomfortable situation where you called them and they said, I already have everything. And then you go, well, great. Is it your birthday or whatever? Right. You just come up tap dance. Like if you can't, yeah. if you can't think on your feet, then you can't be successful at this job. That's true. You, we do this. Um, it reminds me of some, we haven't done it in a few months and we should probably do it again, but we used to do a uh, customer Russian roulette. So mm -hmm. we would just flip that switch and everybody was dialing all of our current customers and talk to them about life insurance. It's like, what, but what product? Who cares? Get Who them on cares? the phone. Just talk, talk to them. Say thanks for being with us. Dude, I go from there. I, so we do, um, we do different incentives for everybody here. Like it just little ideas I came up with. If, if somebody gets an e signs up somebody for easy pay, they get five bucks. If somebody That's cool. gets, gets a Google review and they're named in it, they get five bucks. But it also is like, look, when you're on that phone, you got to come away with something. Even if it means you sign them up for easy pay or you got a Google review, that's about as non-threatening as you can get. It's yeah. like, you're not selling them. You're just asked, like you just helped them, right? This yep. person helped you or you helped them get their ID cards. You helped them update their EOI. You helped them with something, right? So at that point you say, look, I, I, I'd be really, really grateful if, if I send you this link and you just click on it, and all you have to do is hit the five star. It will literally take you five seconds. And if you, if you really want to help me, then just say, Debbie was great. And Craig will give me five bucks. And 99% of the time they say, heck yes. Right? I like, why would they yeah. say no to that? Yep. They like, everybody's had a job. <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody wants recognition from that job. Right? Yep. Most people. And, and especially a little, little cash. Right. So, um, and I mean here, like, especially some of the, some of the ones that were morbidly afraid to ask for anything, like they're either not here or they embraced it. Yeah. That's good. And that's the culture. Now the culture. Now everybody, everybody's all about it. What's the number one thing that you're excited about in the agency that's working that you, the number one process. I don't even know if this is a process you mean besides agency vault. Yeah. <laughs> no, no um, the, the, I think the number one thing when you first started that question is mm -hmm. the culture culture because there was, I, I had, I've had some stretches and especially at the end of my drinking career 
we got down to where there was zero staff um, and slowly rebuilt, That's right? Then there was one, then there was two, then there was, and yeah. we did this whole thing, right? But yeah. in doing that, and it's hard when you, when you, when you get down to where you, where you do a reboot, there's, there's some chance of getting a bad element in because you're not slowly mm -hmm. introducing. Um, and if you do get a bad element, you got to, like, that's the thing that I've learned is it is amazing how one bad apple really literally does spoil the bunch. I just so, dealt with that. Yep. I mean, it's, and, and what does it do? Like it makes your hair, it gives me circles. It makes my hair yeah. like we, yeah, we had a stress level re reboot. <laughs> right. Right. But, but it's also liberating if you have to, right. But so I've done it. I, I did it last year. I had to get rid of four LSPs. We were on pace for inner circle. I mean, that it's a decision that cost a lot of money, but sure. it wasn't, it wasn't sustainable. There, there was somebody out of four of them or all of them. Somebody was not doing things the right way. Um, no, you know, nothing illegal, but, but causing drama and it just, it affects everybody. Right. It does not showing up yeah. and then being late and then complaining. And, and it just, it starts adding up and you, you just got to cut it. it. Especially when, you know, like if I was to give advice to people, if you know that at some point you're going to get rid of this person, then get rid of them yesterday because all they're doing is creating problems for you. Yeah. Where were like, you a couple months ago? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to stop it here. Um, this is Craig Pretzinger uh, back with you. Uh, we're going to stop it here. We did get through about another hour and a half of, of chatting. Uh, the, the, the roles flipped. We ended up doing actually interviewing Jason a little bit. And we're going to get to that in the next couple weeks. Um, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please comment. Uh, hit us with a subscribe on iTunes or on Google Play. And we will see you next week.